0: Arch Bilankulu from 3CI. So we're going to get to know the man, find out the scandals. I love this part of the program, you know, they can't (laughs) hide. We've got them seated, chained to a chair and everything. Arch, hey, how you doing?
1: Oh, man, it's so good to be with you guys. And, uh, yeah, and of course... uh, Good day to all the listeners today.
0: Okay, here's the thing. We know the concept of the music, but the people behind the music is what interests us, you know, because it's real people with real character and life experiences and everything like that. That's why we're so excited to get to know you. So introduce yourself to someone who's never met you before. They're not in 3CI. They know nothing about you. If you had to tell them this is who, Pastor Arch Bilancolo is. Who are
1: you? Oh, fantastic. I'm a husband, father of three, and really love Jesus and his people. And, um, you know, really passionate about the next generation of, especially the future, what will look like and what Christianity should look like in every sphere of society. And I'm a pastor at 3C, a really fantastic church. And I'm serving under really fantastic pastors, Pastors Bert and Pastor Shanae Pretorius. And they are my pastors. And I've known them for 23 years. And they've really taken me... Um, from being a young man to now being a father and uh, hopefully a better father, because I think I was a good son. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, and I'm really just passionate about really worship and really passionate about, about his people. And I'm really, really excited to be here today, Janine.
0: Okay, Arch, but we've got to first find out how you got saved, because obviously um, being in ministry always starts somewhere with that first small seed. How'd that happen?
1: Well, I was—I think I was born saved. Nah, bro. <laughs> it was Jesus in the morning it was Jesus when the sun goes down. But I remember quite, um, quite vividly um, giving my life to the Lord at the age of seventeen. Really coming before the Lord and saying, "Listen, Lord, I really want to live for you," and uh, and I've, I've been—I've been trying to fit in everywhere else and really denying the obvious is that that's it. And that was in the year 2000, um, 1999 to be precise, the year 1999 where I was just like, Lord, really, um, I just need you to take the wheel because things are not making sense. It's really been unstable. I haven't really had a very good high school career. I wasn't really a good representative of who you were and I deny you often. And it was really a brokenness that took place. and. I never looked back ever since then, um, Janine, and just coming forward. And of course, I did make that public declaration of coming forward in church and giving my life to the Lord. But it was that moment, that specific day on the 31st of, 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 of December in 1999 and uh, in Pretoria, somewhere in Swartkop, And just saying, Lord, this is, things got to work differently. And I'll never forget that day. Yeah.
0: The thing is, we live in a very um, informed society, and it does, yeah. you know, it's the right thing to do. doesn't convince us anymore. It's culturally correct and this. And people are going to accept me better if I'm a Christian. Doesn't convince us anymore. We want to know that we know in spite of all the information that we have at our disposal, that what we actually believe, even though there are millions of other people who are born in other religions, in inverted commas, who truly believe what they believe is true as well. And with all that access... And time that has passed, you experiencing what you believe. Today, how do you Janine, know that you know that you know that this is, this is
1: it? Janine, if there's ever been a time where there's so much confusion, it's the time we live in now. Something is really wrong. And I don't think even as born-again Christians, we can't afford to try and be politically correct. Um, because with all this information that we all have and, and what we've learned over time, we still find ourselves where there's not only rumors of war, but we have wars around the world at this moment. In South Africa, the things that we're experiencing, the violence, the the, the, the racial segregation, and all of this, it really, for me, it just says, and this is on the back canvas of the census that's been made recently um, through the statistics of, of South Africa, to say that South Africa is 80% Christian. And I was like, but sure. Still. What do we experience in? Yeah. So um, for me... That for me, that's an oxymoron because with everything we're experiencing, surely something is not, something is not right somewhere. It's just Nilaka. Mm. And we really need God to really, to really show us the way. We need to get back to God. South Africa needs to get back to God. The world needs to get back to God. And when we get back to God, resist the devil. And I really believe it. If his people were call by his name, we really humble ourselves. Mm. Then he will hear from heaven. forgive our sins and really bring about the healing that we need. We need so much healing. There's so much confusion. And this woke agenda, that the things that we're dealing with, we can't afford that. There's more confusion than ever. And I I have this saying, and that's what Pastor Bird always says, my pastor. says, a confused Christian is actually a rebellious, disobedient Christian. Why? Because we've steered away from the truth of the word and the simplicity of the word. And we've complicated everything. And we've tried to To compromise at the expense of the truth.
0: The thing is, and you have been in church and actively working in church um, environments for the past 23 years, and there are actually people who leave God, not only the church, they leave their Christianity because of the hurts that they experience, and especially if you work in the church environment, what you see behind the scenes and what you know that other people don't know who've got like rose-tinted glasses in the pews kind of thing, you know too much when you've been working for that amount of time in churches. What what protects your heart, Arch, knowing what you know?
1: Sure. Um, And as you're asking this question, and the first thing I'm thinking is, God has to be more real for you, your relationship with God. And of course, we have this fellowship. We are in fellowship. We are in relationship with others. But there comes a time where when it comes to you and your relationship with God it has to be so much bigger than what you're experiencing. Because I think sometimes we measure God's goodness. We measure who he is. We measure his kingdom based on our human experiences. And I love the scripture that says, we do not regard each other according to the flesh. And you must understand that we are all weak. We are all fallible, nobody's perfect. So we are constantly, as human beings, are in conflict with relationships. And the more we know each other, the more we get in each other's nerves. Because now I know you, and I know what I don't like about you. So it's so important that we be a people that our relationship with God, because God has to deal with our rubbish, on a daily basis. So when somebody <laughs> feels that like, yeah if 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 God is to really deal with our nonsense and 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 he's still forgiving and he's still open surely we can deal with each other with a little bit more understanding. Yes. There are there are there are certain spaces where maybe there's some people that you need to love from a distance because maybe <laughs> they've really literally tried to sow destruction in your life but the Bible commands us to love them as Christ loves them because God doesn't write off anybody. So I don't know why, where we come from where we want to write off people, Janine. We write off people. We write off everybody. I don't want to see you ever again. Imagine if God was to do that with us, but that's not his heart. So I think we can learn from that when we deal with these really difficult relationships that we all have to deal with and we all have to navigate. But let's navigate it from God's perspective, not how we feel, because people are caught up with what they think, feel, and want. But when we start doing things according to the word of God, then all of a sudden then we realize, okay, I think I've elevated what I'm feeling about the knowledge of who God is. Mm.
0: And there is a fat bit of dying to self when, it, when you oh. work in a church environment Ooh. and you've got to submit when you don't understand or when you don't agree with decisions. That submission there is very biblical.
1: Very. And, I mean, God works in such, he loves, sub, sub. it's like he tests our hearts. It's like the purity of your heart is tested in how you navigate these um, leader, you know, men, men, mentor, mentee relationship where you have a leader and disciple, um, leader and disciple relationships, and this is part of the apostle. And if you look throughout the Bible with Elijah and Elisha, it's a conflict relationship. <laughs> it's it's so interesting. It, it, I don't think it was easy for any of them, but because they 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 believed God and they believed in that principle, that relationship of submission, and not because Elijah was perfect, but because God is perfect, and, and what he's put together is that you and I need to be really connected and, 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 and be great, um, great followers. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking David and King Saul, even in the New Ooh. Testament, what must have been like Ooh. to work as someone like Paul? Paul sounded like he looked hard to work with, very hard to work with. And, and they had great bits of conflict in themselves as well. Sometimes it's good to read that other people don't handle everything as maturely always either.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I think this is where the maturity comes, come, it, it comes in and, uh, but, I mean, of course, it's God really has to also help us as leaders when you're a leader, where you're working with people, to be able to discern where they're at and, uh, and to help them where they're at and to help them to mature. Because some people are really immature in how they deal with these things. But when you're a wise leader, God helps you to be able to discern where the person is at and how to navigate those conflict relationships, yeah.
0: Yeah, and treasure the the relationship and the person, somehow get to respect them as well. Let's get to you guys' music because you are, I don't want to say fortunate, you are blessed to be in a congregation where people honor um, the talent, the mandate, the anointing on the music that flows from that congregation. Tell us about the music in the church and its place, um, its mandate there.
1: Oh man, and it's 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 so it's so it's such a great privilege um, to really be part of this really vibrant and anointed worship, and and, and of course our church is a multi-racial church and it's a, it's a it's a, it's, a, it's it's such a great mix and and we have different styles of music we we do so really our worship. You know, just the really just the worship. It's all original music. Majority of our music is 99% of our music is original and, and written by members of 3C Live. And being the oldest of the, of, of them all, by the way, um, <laughs> uh, we, 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 I get the privilege to just see the young generation that's emerging. And they are really are gifted and so anointed. But also the humility and the brokenness and how they love God. And, and it's so awesome to really experience worship like that, and, uh, and and really, again, it really, our pastors are really an example, because they're both musicians, so they love worship. Pastor Shanae, Pastor Barrett's wife is is a classical musician, and she's I think level five, level six of classic music, mm-hmm. so these guys eat, and they, 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 it's part and parcel of who they are, it's in their DNA, and I think it's because it's from that that we also worship the way we worship and the excellence in our worship. And how it isn't. And, and it's accommodating, of course, across all cultures. And that's the awesome thing about it. Yeah,
0: Which, by the way, I think doesn't happen on its own. I mean, we, normally, whoever takes the leadership in a congregation their style of music it's preference and then the rest you sort of token but somehow in your church it happened that people actually the the the, multiracial and the multicultural vibe of the music and it's also done in a way that various cultures relate to it where normally music is the one that that literally separates the cultures because it's so different from the different cultures that's, that's true how did they
1: get that right and you know, so interesting, Janine. Uh, even as you ask me the question, I'm like, I wonder how we got it right. <laughs> but what but 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 what 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 it does though, it's a reflection of what it looks like in our congregation. Of course, majority of music is in English, but what you would find is that there are there are songs that are in Zulu, there are songs that are in, in Sutu. And then we've got one song that we did that was done in Shona, which is a a Zimbabwean language. And 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 all of this it it's It's amazing, and when you get into it, the sound is international, but the language is local and it's 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 so awesome to really see that and the music is anointed. If you just read and some of it is translated, so we do our worship you you get it already on the on the on the screens you can get a direct translation, then you realize this is such a powerful song because even when you translate it into English, you can see that and you can hear that really the message behind it it's the word, it's the Bible, it's not just a nice melody. Or a nice rhythm to the music, but it's anointed, and it speaks the Bible, it speaks the word, and that's when the presence of God comes in because that's when we begin to create an atmosphere for his presence to permeate and move in our midst, dear. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm just thinking normally language is a divisive factor because I That's don't understand true. what you're saying and therefore there is no connection and there's no communication. But if you have a vibey song, something where the melody hooks my heart, you know, and I've got the translation yes. in front of me, there's even a little bit of enjoyment and contentment in that thing that I'm singing someone else's language. Um, there's a little bit of pride to that too because uh-huh. it's, you you uh-huh. sort of are getting past – a barrier, I think this is supernatural. I think it's, it's godly.
1: And it's, it's like one of our songs that I'm, I'm going to speak of a little bit. And it's, it's, it's when you, our album will be released, we'll give you the release date. But it's one of the songs, which is the title of our album, is We Bow Down. But actually, it's titled from a Zulu song that we are doing in the album, which is called Siya Tama, which means to bow down, to really come before the Lord. And that's really what our heart was especially in this last year. So God really, we don't, we've exalted so many things in our lives, but it's time for us to bow down before, the, before you. And we're not going to, you'll be exalted, but we bow down before you. And that's really been the heart of it. So when you see something like that, we bow down. And I remember we had one of our preachers who didn't understand what Siakot means. But when you saw the, the, just the translation, just under that word on our screens, he went on his knees. I was like, Wow, you actually understand the Mm. song calls for you and me to bow before the Lord. You ever imagine being in a room with 5,000 women singing the song Siakotama? That's what we experienced. 5,000 women just coming before the Lord on their knees, crying out to God. Mm. What what a spectacular sight that I saw, even with our previous women's conference. And that's really part and parcel of what you you want music to do for one who listens to it to really bring it to the presence of God?
0: I think there's a need for this all over South Africa because... People don't really know how to get this thing done, the multicultural thing in one church, especially music-wise. And that if you have songs that is proven to work in your congregation and how it works, because obviously I'm sure you're putting out visuals of this as well, so people can see how when you put the lyrics in front, how that makes the connection. So if you've got a working formula to get it out there, that's another thing. Your church is, has actually put their money where their mouth is to get what you've created out into the world.
1: And that's, uh, that's, that's quite tremendous. And as some of our songs, actually, we've had to translate it to English. So the, 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 our first single is called I Am Free. It's actually done in both where it's English and Zulu, and then there's a version for our American church, 3 um, C USA where it's actually going to be done in English. And this is a, the style is a merge of, of what we call Afro pop, Mm. Afro pop or Afro beats. Let me call it Afro beats, which is a new sound, the Afro beats and I'm a piano sound, but not a lot of it. It's really just a small little dash of it, but it's not really, really strong. But then when you listen to the words that speaks about, I am free, I walk in his freedom, I was caught up with the things of the world, with the cares of this world. But the day I fix my eyes on Jesus, it all fall, falls away. And it's it's the same thing. It's 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 the message is there. It's strong. It's really audible, and it speaks to the heart. So it's it's in things like that 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 we that we realize that there is a formula to what we're doing. But I think that people just. Yeah, and our people have to wait every year for a new album. So they have no choice but to <laughs> like the new one.
0: <laughs> this is what you get. Take it or leave it.
1: <laughs> there yeah. you go.
0: Although I must say, Arch, our African sound has got such a joy to it. There is, there is flay to the sound oh, of absolutely. Africa. And, and can I just say, I've spoken to people, Americans, who've tried to duplicate this. sound. They can't duplicate our sound. There's a nah. heart that comes with our sound, nah. isn't it?
1: no absolutely and it's it's um and it's become a global sound And I'm, I'm noticing more and more and I saw it many years ago with the likes of certain um Af- american and african American um, artists where they've tried to capture it, but it doesn't just doesn't sound the same and and i I really see it now more than ever that there's such a great sound, and I had the opportunity to have the opportunity to be able to to minister in different congregations and, our, and one of our local churches in Pretoria and and hearing their music. And I was just like, wow, I had no idea. You guys have got such good music. And there's some really, really fantastic music that's coming out from a lot of the, the, the African church and the South African church in particular. Absolutely.
0: Okay, I've got one last and I want to go a little bit deeper with this question because we've been talking about Hundreds of thousands of sermons being preached, and with every sermon, worship sessions that had happened this past weekend in this country, and yet somehow we're our lives aren't changing. You know, we're not seeing a South Africa that looks different after all of those sermons for so many years. Um, so so we're asking ourselves what is missing, and some of the conversations that have come up is that. We're missing a connection with Jesus that we can create amazing music and we know how to do a worship session and what it takes to have joy yeah. in it. And, and we love singing, so we enjoy harmonizing and that kind of thing. Um, we've got lyrics that says, let's worship together and all. But somehow it's like maybe Jesus is standing in the room with us and we're not actually Pray connecting with him, with his heart. You know that somehow that last, um, that that last push to to have a church that is connected and that is impressed with Jesus, not the worship team or even the song. Yes, Jesus yes. Himself. It's as if that is a struggle and as a worship what what do you guys do to so i mean you can't force anyone to even even if you're connecting you don't you can't make anyone else connect but that's 100%. that's a job isn't that the highest goal is to when you have 20 minutes to in those 20 minutes have a worship have a session where someone can connect with jesus how do you get that how do you try to get that
1: i think it's um it's really it's it's a culture. Um, a lot of our people that connect with us in church, um, because we are a self based church, Church Jeanine, there's a lot of these relationships. A lot of the guys I have are in small groups. They meet in small groups. And that's really the melting pot where a lot of the leaders teach their people how to worship the Lord, how to express yourself in worship. And, and that's how I was taught. I started leading worship at the age of 10. And it's been 20, how many years now? <laughs> I've been leading worship for 31 years. 31 years I've been leading worship. And, and really, I've had the awesome privilege where my parents taught me what it means to, 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 to lie down. And what does it mean to be on your knees? What does it mean when you raise your hands? What it means when it says, make a joyful shout? Why do you shout? Why do you? And, and, and all of this, they were saying it knowing that I was an introvert. But it goes beyond your personality. It's like if I push somebody off a swimming pool, even if they're introvert, if they can't swim, I, I bet I bet my life on it, they're going to be screaming their lungs out and they're going to change from an introvert to an extrovert instantly because why? They, they are desperate. And this is where the culture of the church is where people are desperate before God. But I also believe as the church, and I really want to be brief also with this answer, is that we really need to be be done with our Holy Ghost party and start being the light mm. and, and really speak to what's really happening in our country. Our country, we have, even though there's wars around the country, and my pastor was saying this this morning uh, in, in, our, in, in our men's prayer that we're currently South Africa, we're experiencing such violence. There's so much violence that we experience. It's like we're in a war. We're losing the same amount of people that are being lost in the countries that are experiencing war. Something is not right. And we really, as the church, we need to be done with our. Little Holy Ghost party. And we really need to make sure that we are radical with the gospel, not compromise Mm. and preach the gospel. People need to hear the gospel. Wherever you go, you remember that somebody needs to hear the gospel and hear that Jesus really loves them and he's in control.
0: Mm. I'm thinking if you actually connected to his heart, you would resonate with his heart and you'd have his heart to speak to people and to have the guts to face the consequence of being straightforward in a world that wants to mute us. So what you're saying is so very important. Listen, we've got to listen to the song. I am free of yours. It
1: it was written.
0: It's got a message. It's got an agenda to go out there. When I listen to this song, what is it that you want me to hear?
1: I want you to hear Jeremiah 1.5. Um, people do not understand. and this sermon I also preached this weekend, people need to hear that God has got it all planned out. He has scripted our lives. And the, the, the less we, we, we trust in Him, the more we try to rewrite against what He's already spoken. But the more you trust in Him and you know that He is, then you'll start to see that God is in control amidst the chaos. Then you can walk free. Then you're free. And everybody's wondering, why? Why are you so excited? In the midst of what we're going through, he said, no, because he set me free. I was once this, and I was once a person with a temper problem. I was once somebody with, who had um, anxiety attacks. I was one who was depressed. But once I was in him, I found my freedom.